James Bible Study, Part 6 On Partiality For lay leaders and deacons to conduct after the Sunday service or during a midweek Bible study session. Hear the word of our Lord from James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, You sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, You stand over there, or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you, and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing a sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, Do not commit adultery, also said, Do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Having proclaimed salvation by grace through faith according to the word of God, St. James then rebuffed the errors of both the Judaizing and antinomian heresies. The Christian is to live according to the new paradigm of the law of liberty. This is to say, we are freed from bondage to the law, but we are freed for a purpose, namely to do good works and make choices in accordance with Christ's instructions. Yet it is not an out-of-one-law-and-into-another situation as the believer truly does have both the positive freedom to and negative freedom from formulations of freedom. We are free to make real choices, but we are also free from the curse of the law and the sentence of death. Now, having introduced the law of liberty, St. James intends to guide the reader in living a life consistent with it. Starting with the second chapter, he gives examples and exhortations for the free life which are not found in the confines of Judaism or antinomianism. An essential message throughout the epistle is that we must 
guard our freedom against the rhetorical tricks played by both of these parties, and live the way that Christians do under the freedom given to us. This means rebuffing the Judaizing trick that says, of course you are free, free to do as I say, and the pro-sin position of willingly entering slavery to sin. The first exhortation or description of how Christians live in regard to the freedom they have is to perceive people in a fashion that is alien to the world. The world values the external, the shows of wealth, prestige, and beauty which garner material success. The Christian should not do so, as this keeps him able to deal with individuals based on their actual identity. Verse 1 states, My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ the Lord of glory. The word for partiality is prosopolampsiais, meaning a judgment based on outward, external circumstances and persons. In other words, prima facie, or face value determination of merit, ignoring the actual merit of the individual as shown by their deeds and heart. As we are in Christ, we are to see people the same way our Lord Jesus sees them, instead of how the materialistic, ugly world sees them. As an aside, we must also note here that St. James calls our Savior the Lord of glory. There have been some commentators who claim that James is a fundamentally Jewish epistle, having little, if anything, to do with the gospel barely mentioning Christ, and so forth. In other words, they believe there is some contrast between how St. Paul or how St. Peter writes about Jesus and how St. James speaks of him sparingly. Our disagreement with these individuals cannot be understated. By identifying Christ as the Lord of glory, the author lays a title upon Jesus which properly speaking, only applies to God. To show no partiality in light of our faith in Christ is to show no partiality in light of our faith in the Lord. St. James firmly teaches that Christ is God, that his centrality to our lives is the foremost motivation for our behavior and the freedom which he gives us, one of our greatest concerns. It makes the entirety of the epistle Christological in nature. Verses 2 through 4 say, For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, You sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, You stand over there, or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Since prosopolampsiais, or partiality, entails assigning value based on the appearance of others and our assumptions about them, a well-dressed, clearly rich man is the perfect example. 
Partiality as a sin looks like this. We see the man who appears rich, make the assumption that he is, and then treat him with honor based on this assumption, though it is unmerited. Yet this is not relegated solely to economic status. The prettiest girl in the crowd typically gets lots of unmerited, favorable attention from males, while more stout or homely girls are ignored or mistreated. The man who walks into a church wearing a clerical collar is assumed to be holy by virtue of his office or dress alone having built no reputation as a capable minister. Such is an abominable activity. Not only is it a worldly way of thinking, but it puts the Christian under the power and influence of another human being without their realizing it. The congregation or individual that practices partiality is willingly submitting to the earthly power of the rich man, the allure of the pretty girl, or the feigned authority of the untested priest, regardless of whether these have any right to fealty. Note, however, what St. James is not saying. He does not take this exhortation against partiality and morph it into a demand that Christians treat or value everyone equally. Such an idea, peddled by modern egalitarians, is ridiculously unbiblical. A husband is to love his wife as Christ loves the church, as St. Paul writes in Ephesians 5. He is called to love her more than any other human being on the planet, and to treat her accordingly. St. Paul teaches that double honor be afforded to ministers in 1 Timothy. Unequal treatment is part and parcel of a well-ordered Christian congregation, family, and society at large. However, the author continues in his warning against partiality, lest we presume that position and appearance are all that matters. Verses 5 through 7 state, Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you, and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? Simply put, we cannot miss the fact that God loves the lowly and offers salvation to all regardless of their station in life. The sin of partiality blinds us to this fact, motivating us to treat people God loves as though he hates them and people God values less as though he loves them more. A devout man who suffers poverty is honored by our God, whereas a rich man whose occupation necessitates taking from the poor has a harder time of having faith in him. To be a respecter of persons is to invert this dynamic and to become a slave to it. See a church with a rich man tithing, and you will see a church constantly tempted to rely on his offerings.
and then tempted to submit to his fleshly will, lest he rescind his donations. St. James continues in verses 8 through 13, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, Do not commit adultery, also said, Do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. People in our lives are our neighbors whether they be poor or rich, beautiful or mundane, clergy or laity, we are to love them all as ourselves. Partiality, judging, assuming, and treating differently based on appearances, is a crass refusal to love one neighbor as yourself, while insisting on loving another neighbor more than yourself. And if one refuses to keep the second greatest commandment, there is no excuse nor sly rhetoric which shall save them. Here, St. James affirms a place for the law, namely the Ten Commandments, in the life of the Christian. Truly, we are to live under the law of liberty, but the Decalogue informs our decisions and guides us. This is called the third use of the law. If we refuse to live according to the word and example of Christ, then the law returns under its second use, convicting us of our sin and pronouncing judgment upon us. If we abuse our liberty, then we are brought back to the judgment of the commandments. As St. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1 verses 9 through 11, the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, homosexuals, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine, in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted." If someone decides that they shall not live consistently with the new nature given unto them in their baptism, and if they shall not live according to faith in Christ, and consistently with the law of liberty, then they shall, whether they like it or not, be living under the law once more. And if they are living thus, the law shall return to convict them until they repent. Thus St. James writes that the merciless, that is the one showing partiality, shall receive no mercy. But if he repents, then the mercy of our Lord shall overcome the judgment against him. In other words, if we find ourselves committing this sin of partiality, we must repent, seek forgiveness in Christ Jesus our Lord, and see to it that we are partial no more.